0: The concept of loose parts by Simon Nicholson was that how not to cheat children. Children live in a world created by the gifted few.
1: Hello and welcome to Blooming Curious, a podcast that's all about nurturing that natural curiosity in our earliest kids and students. I'm Edwina, your host from the Ed's Lessons blog, a passionate advocate for play and inquiry, and on a mission to keep children curious and questioning. The days of talk and chalk are over. We're diving into the world of integrated inquiry and nature-based learning and exploring the strategies that create lifelong learners. So if you're a classroom or homeschool educator or even a curious parent, then this is the place for you. Right, welcome everybody. Today we're having our very first guest appearance on Blooming Curious. We welcome Ashley Sharp, or Miss Sharp, as she's been known. Ash is an early childhood educator, play ambassador, and founder of Playmore, a newly established business based in Geraldton here in Western Australia, focusing on the importance of play in child development. Ash's work as a classroom teacher on and off for the past decade and last year decided to turn her passion for play based learning into Play More. In addition Ash is a wife and a mum to a gorgeous 5-year-old son with whom every day is an opportunity to discover, grow and play. So welcome Ash it's great to have you on the show today. Um, to kick things off <laughs> thanks Ash. Um, to kick things off for those listeners who might not be familiar, could you give them an explanation of what exactly loose parts are and why you believe that loose parts are so crucial to child development and creativity?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. And thanks for having me. I'm very honoured to be your first guest. Um, Yeah, I guess loose parts, when we think about it, is you know bits thing of things kids play with but it actually um there's a theory of loose parts um and it goes back to the 70s where it was um in an article by um, a landscape architect called Simon Nicholson and he devised a theory of loose parts so I'll read the theory and then I I can discuss what I think about it um and he says In any environment, both the degree of inventiveness and creativity and the possibility of discovery are directly proportional to the number and kind of variables in it. So variables, I guess, um, are all the bits and the things. So um, natural materials, building materials, scrap materials, things that can be moved, carried, Combined, redesigned, put back together, um, multiple different ways. Child controlled, like the children are in control of their environment. Uh, they empower creativity and allow children to have a say of their environment. Um, basically, so was that how not to cheat children? Children live in a world created by the gifted few environments created by others and that robs them of the opportunity to create themselves so when they're in an environment with these loose parts or or variables they are empowered to create their own environments I'm not sure if that makes sense sense to me Um, but yeah it can be a wild concept I guess because um you know we kind of live in a static world where everything's set up for us how much agency do we really have over our environment so yeah putting a few things out and a variety of things and stepping back I think gives children the opportunity to create their environment with these parts it's a very it's a very yeah broad topic but yeah
1: Yeah, it's great. You know, I just actually had a thought this morning when I was thinking about this recording and having you on. I was thinking, you know, when I was a kid, which really, I mean, I was born in the 60s. So really, my really early childhood was late 60s, early 70s. We played with least parts unbeknown to us that they were loose paths yes. you know i remember for example uh the back of my grandparents house was just this empty land and for some reason there was this discarded bit of kitchen cap cabinetry and as kids we would just find odds mm. and sods, you know empty tin cans and bottles and all yes. sorts of things fill them up and we'd pretend and play shop you know and so those were absolutely You know, all those things that we used to create and have fun with, they weren't boring, they were actually loose parts. So in a way, it's like we're going back to the future.
0: They were the days. (laughs) Even me.
1: Those were the days before Plastic Fantastic, you know. Yeah. Ash, um, could you share a journey that you've, how you incorporated loose parts in your classroom? Because I think for a lot of educators – you know, everything now, or for a lot of them, everything's so organized. Mm. You know, um, educators are so rushed with the the timetable and fitting stuff in. Um, what about your experience? How did you incorporate loose parts into your teaching? So I think that might help a lot of teachers to see, well, it is possible. They can actually do this in an education setting. And obviously for parents. Yeah, it's something that can easily be done if you're a homeschooler, for Mm. example, or just as a at home with your kids. It's almost become second nature, I think. But for teachers, I think sometimes they worry so much about everything they have to cover that sometimes we lose sight of the really important things, even though we know they're Mm. important, that sometimes we lose sight of how to do those things that really matter. How did you incorporate them into your classroom?
0: Great question. Um, I feel like I really started to understand more of the loose parts theory and mindset towards the end of my time um, in the classroom. And it was something I really wish I could have explored more. But it was about creating environments, I feel, that the children could feel empowered to create. So creating an environment that gave them agency that they felt free to create within. Um, So that involved, I guess, putting out things that were, you know, open-ended in terms of the blocks and the toys. But I think it's also about the environment you create with your presence and words um they they're also loose parts in a sense um where variables in the environment like um, Nicholson refers to so for me that was also a language uh, a, a environment created with my language that i would use with the children um and the other adults i think that's so important um language is something that we all use but We don't realise, I think, the impact it has. Sometimes we talk too much, we interfere too much. So just sometimes it's about letting go and not controlling the environment so much, giving the kids that freedom. Also, I feel like I was going somewhere else with the environment. Giving kids the choice to, giving kids the time to create. I think school structure is so scheduled like you said sometimes it might take up to an hour for true play to come through and that can be hard when you've got to get on the mat for your literacy session but I think the kids really need that time within the environment and that's also you know whether it's indoor or outdoor Outdoor outdoors obviously more ideal for um, larger play um, offers more opportunities but yeah just stepping back observing creating that environment with your language um and providing materials that allow kids to think not scripted like the block uh, the like the you know sticks rocks but also like materials um the tires and probably things considered dangerous you might want to <laughs> say people people often go to dangerous things but risky play has its own benefits as well which is a whole nother probably a whole nother talk um
1: Risk is so important, oh. isn't it? There's, you know, there, there has to be an element of risk for children. I mean, I, I remember hearing a talk not long ago saying that because we're taking away risky play from children, it might be one of the reasons why later in life so many kids take oh. massive risks that can actually end their life, yeah, unfortunately, because they haven't had that exposure to tiny little risks throughout their childhood. You know, That's, so I don't know, you know. Oh, yeah, I heard that too. I read so yeah yes and it's a funny thing that you're saying is letting kids or a lot of teachers actually just having to step back and let go and it's the same thing for inquiry-based learning you know it's having that courage to just let go and and let's see what the kids can do and those loose parts are essentially provocations provocations for creating for thinking for problem solving and essentially that's what education is and should be oh, isn't that yeah, right yeah
0: definitely it, it the benefits of the loose parts mindset is yeah very important for life <laughs> um, learning for life really
1: and ash what was that moment when you realized in your personal experience the impact that loose parts had on children can you recall a moment when you realized this is really the way it should be. This is the way I need to go with these kids. That's
0: that's a good question. I was reflecting on my time in the system. Um, I would say maybe a couple of years into uh, my teaching, I think it was 2016, it had been raining um, and we were inside and the kids were fascinated. I'm a, I was a kindergarten teacher, so the three to five year olds, um, and it was raining. So of course the kids were really excited by that. And we were inside, and I, they wanted to go outside. And I was like, "Yeah, let's just go outside." So we went outside, and I think there were some still things left out there from lunch. So the buckets and spades, and they were just getting buckets, and they were filling up a bucket with, uh, some water that was dripping from a pipe and they were just so excited and happy and, and just, I don't know, it just reflecting back on that moment, it was a real turning point for me as a, an educator, a teacher, I guess, because how many people would look on and say, well, they should be inside. They can't go out and get wet. Like their shoes were off. That's not like Was <laughs> We're so, so controlled by rules I think just letting go and stepping back and letting them be in that moment kids was so pivotal for me um, and I just I feel like I learned so much from them and that we do like if we really allow it we we can learn so much from kids and that's what I I guess turned my role into being a mentor and a guide a uh, more of a co- a coach I wanted yeah I'd be a coach and, and learn alongside yeah. the kids um and seeing being not seeing myself above the children I guess seeing um us as equals in a way that we can learn and grow together from each other I'm not in charge I don't know if that answered your question I'm sorry but <laughs> that was a moment that really changed
1: for me um as an educator I think that's. Yeah, no, that's just, I think that's so, as you said, it's very touching. And as you were saying that, I myself was reflecting on moments and I really felt your passion um as you were saying that. I think many teachers have, you know, and can recall those incidents where if you just stop and have a look, kids are learning so much oh, yeah. and then... It's, it's, it's just stopping yourself, not interfering, not worrying about the timetable, not worrying about the next thing that you're supposed to be doing. Because in those teachable moments, I think that's where the real authentic learning can take place. If we just let it, yes. you know, so it's, it's pretty powerful stuff. Ash, loose parts or, provoca- or provocations, really, they're a game changer in any setting. I'm curious to know. What challenges you may have faced um, with loose parts when things perhaps didn't go as planned? Can you share with us how you navigated those moments?
0: I think the biggest challenge is people approaching them and not knowing what it is. Through my business now, I, I guess do pop up play sessions um, with loose parts. So I bring a whole heap of just random bits and I put them in a location. Um, and then it's sort of a free-for-all space for people walking past to interact with. Um, So that opens it up to mixed ages from, you know, babies up until even adults. But a lot of the people sort of just look at it and say to me, what am I meant to do with this? And I think that really goes to show that, yeah, we don't really understand the idea of of that open-ended play So I guess my role there is to say, and I always say, it's for your ideas. And it's like, whoa, hold the phone. We, and that goes back to that notion of the gifted few. Um, not every, like we are all gifted if we allow ourselves to be creative and the loose parts are a vehicle for us to be creative. Um, and sometimes it takes a while for the kids. adults to get into it. Um, They sort of hold back, they look at other people, but then they might pick something up and just say it's a formula can, really good loose part by the way. They can take the lid off, they can put something inside, they can roll it, they can stack it, they can use it as a drum. Suddenly it has all these other uses and it used to hold some powder, but now they can see it has all these other options. Let's add a pipe. We could put a pipe in it. We could stack a pipe on top. One of my favorite things is, um, stacking them like temp bowling and then using like some kind of, uh, I think a boy, we have like a foam boy, um, and they roll it and play bowling. So yeah, I think it, it takes time. It might not be straight away that people know what to do, but like I said, if you stand back and give the time, I think that that's the best thing I can give is provide the space and then step back and provide appropriate support in terms of the language that I use um, and then hopefully model that to um, other adults rather than – tell, like it's easy for an adult to bring their ideas into something, um, but then that robs the opportunity for the child to discover it for themselves. So like you should do this, you should do that, don't do this, don't do that that's creating that, that, that language, that environment where they feel restricted to create. And we want children to harness their creativity because we're all born creative. I do have to mention a a study, um, that I was reading about, about creativeness. Um, it was back in the early nineties. So a while ago now, but I feel like it would still be relevant. Um, and it was a, So NASA, they do a creative thinking test with their employees, and they did, and they decided to do it on four and five year olds to see how um, creative they were. And ninety eight percent of children age four to five tested as creative geniuses in their in their test. And then they decided to test the same kids as they got older, and then at uh, ten years old it was 30 percent creative genius and then 15 years was 12 percent and then adults do you want to guess two percent yeah less than two percent so I guess what does that show we're sort of like educated out of our creative capabilities so yeah the loose part. yeah
1: yeah it's a funny thing because in the previous few episodes of this podcast, I've been focusing on just the things that we do as educators, either as homeschool educators or classroom educators, just to get started in the beginning of the year. And so the last two posts have been about the environment of the third teacher, both indoors and outdoors. And I've been Mentioning about loose parts and different strategies to get loose parts out and what some other educators have done. And, you know, that whole aspect of being creative and thinking for yourself, that is so essential in our environment to provide those elements for children to create without our interference. And we almost school creativity out of children. Um, and I know the late, great Ken Robinson spoke yes, a lot. Yes, I've about got my that. notes and, in front
0: of me with and his, I always, highlighted
1: yeah, that's always in the back of my head. You know, Ken Robinson saying schools kill creativity. And I know when I'm standing in a classroom, I've always got Ken Robinson's voice in my head thinking, crikey, I must make sure not to kill kids' creativity. And I think for myself, he's had such a, he's been such a mentor and such a massive influence and, remembering to give kids that agency. And so the last few blog posts and podcasts have been about Mm. that. So anybody who's listening to this today might be a good idea to also go back and just see that because I think, Ash, your and my ideas really sort of dovetail and I think it's just something that parents and teachers really have to listen to and and heed because – It's almost like a warning, right? Because even people at Google with all their technology, I've read lots of things where they don't even allow their kids to be on technology and they are in the technological world because they understand how it can stifle creativity. And where then they themselves don't spend all the time just on technology, they take some time out in order to be creative. So I think that's really important for our children. So. Ash, how do these um, materials, do you think, we've spoken a lot about creativity, but what about academic development, where I think a lot of people would say, oh yeah, but that's all great, but it's all about academics. What are your thoughts on how loose parts impact academic performance? (laughs) Oh, that's a great one.
0: Well, I like to go back to the notion of play and learning through play, where Born hardwired to play. Um, We have amazing brain capacity um, and play aids our development, our holistic development. So that includes, you know, physical, emotional, social, cognitive, and language. So, you know, when we're playing with loose parts, we're thinking, we might, we're interacting with other children, we're having. You know, resolving conflicts and talking to one another, or maybe just thinking about ideas in our head. But all those are the building blocks for academics, are they not? Um, You're, you know, spatial spatial recognition, you're stacking and seeing shapes around you and counting and sorting and organizing. And I just find academics are embedded and integrated into the everyday. Yeah, it's
1: it's just part of life. Uh, no, totally. I mean, you can't. I don't think you can separate yeah. the two. I think the one feeds off the other, right? Because if a kid's not happy, and they haven't got agency,
0: they're not going to learn.
1: You know, we we know that. So, they, you know, the two go hand in hand, and and you can't separate them. In my mind, anyway,
0: you're more um, likely to remember things that are more meaningful and relevant to use. So when you're in a space where you feel free to think and create on your own terms, you're more likely to embed that into your brain. Your neural connections are stronger. I
1: couldn't agree more with that. As an educator in education, there's often this very focus on the structured learning. How did you balance or how do you have advice for educators and out there. How do you balance loose parts? How do you bring them in to balance that structured environment?
0: Um, I think, honestly, it all goes just back to trusting kids. (laughs) I really feel that we need to trust children more. I guess these days, it might be hard in classroom settings. You've got to prove learning, don't you? You've got to report on it and document it and parents want to see what their children are learning. I think the only real people who know what learning is going on sometimes are the children. They're the curriculum. Anyway,
1: that's another topic.
0: I get easily (laughs) distracted because I just feel very passionate about this. Sorry, what did you say again?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ideas where educators, how could they actually bring loose parts into their settings? You know, and a lot of the times it's always, there's always that big word, right? We haven't got the budget, but really, loose parts doesn't need a budget, right? Does it?
0: My collection of loose parts has pretty much been donated, um, given to me or picked up from the side of the road or the tip shop for a very minimal price. Um, Loose parts are great to uh, reinforce sustainable practices so kids can see how things can be used for a different purpose. You're more resourceful. You don't need a lot of money. Kids don't need all the fancy stuff, really. And what's that what's that saying about you get them the toy, they just want the box?
1: Like that's exactly. why my logo is a box. And it's just about having <laughs> a little bit of just imagination, isn't it? The same way as we're getting our kids to be curious and yeah. creative and have an imagination. I think as as the adults, we need to find our creativity and our imagination and start thinking about not, oh, I can't do this, but how can I do Watch this, The kids, right? you'll
0: learn. <laughs>
1: and I think, um yeah, exactly. So when you don't think, oh, I haven't got the budget, it's rather like, Oh, well, how can I get hold well, of this get stuff? Get the kids you know? to bring it. And my big thing is just, it's
0: just and it us. involves the parents as well involve the the community um you know we're looking for this or what what what's can you bring, or you know grandparents can come and help build something like it it's a whole community effort, I find, yeah, you don't need fancy things, and I think having the kids involved in the process of creating their environment is yeah like we said, so important, so get them to bring things from home. Get them to put things in the classroom. They'll feel so empowered, like we helped build this space. Isn't that what we want? Kids to feel
1: yeah, validated. Just, yeah, and that, and that's how you, you build a community oh. as well, right? You build a community and that's the agency, yeah. as you said. They feel part yeah, of it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> As um, a teacher and as a mum and now with your business you must have seen some incredible transformations in children when it's come to loose parts could you sort of share a specific success story that stands out to you where you really witnessed a child their remarkable development or a breakthrough moment that you attributed to loose parts in their learning journey
0: well it's hard not to look past my own little guy um, Milo who's five I think part of my journey as an educator has come to be because of him when I was teaching you sort of get the kids already at four five maybe three they've done so much learning before that point so much critical learning so seeing it right from the beginning as a newborn a real amazing experience to witness and be part of their learning. So, yeah, um, Milo is a very curious little guy. We like to provide a stimulating environment for him, real-life, real-world experiences, and I can't think of a better example than renovating our home, (laughs) which we have been doing for the last two and a half years. So our environment is literally a lot of loose parts, many variables <laughs> in one place. And he has grown up playing with many loose parts. Um and real loose parts, we might real, add. Real definitely. hammers, real
1: sores, real nails. Absolutely. And he's still okay,
0: right? <laughs> oh yeah. And he's <laughs> learning. He's learned through all those experiences and he's been immersed in it. And just the days spent you know, playing with all the parts while we've been off building, he's really developed that uh, self initiated mindset of there's stuff there. I want to explore it. This could be a tower, it could be a house. Let's go and bring something from over there to this. He used to love rubbish trucks and bins. He went through the big phase of bins. So, everything was a bin so he would line them all up and like tip them so they wouldn't where they weren't always boxes they were like cups or we'd go to bunnings and he'd get all the pipes in the pipe aisle when we were going to get things for plumbing and he would line all the pipes up um, and drains and play bin day with that so there's a loose part mindset there learning through learning so much about uh, us as parents through him exploring the world and the loose parts and the environment has been a big learning curve for both myself and husband, Ruben. Definitely fostering his imagination as well through loose parts. I mean, it kind of gives you an excuse to just leave stuff out, to be honest, doesn't it? (laughs) And Be messy. Like our backyard is still a lot of remnants from building um, scrap wood, um, him and Ruben built a playground with some offcut Jarrah with Milo's help designing it. So he was part of that um, design process. You know, we've got some old tires out there that we found in the sump. It's just an ongoing play space for him to build upon, like a big loose part, <laughs> all the loose parts together. And daily, that is an inspiration to us as how you can view the world and create your own world and have that mindset. can't think of a better example than my own children, but you see it with all children. I see it in that five or ten-minute block. They come to a play session and interact with the loose parts. They just have that spark there that I want to explore this. I want to see what I can do with this. It's really inspiring, and I love seeing that.
1: And just going with it <laughs> and Ash, you um love your time so much with Milo that um, <laughs> you know you started the business, play more in Geraldton, and that's become your full time really occupation now, but so much so that you now homeschool Milo. So how's that all going? And I think for any of the listeners out there, I think so many people would say, that's all great, you know, we're letting kids play, but what are they actually learning? Well, we know what they're learning, but on the academic side, if you know, for those who are thinking about reading and writing and math, how how do you in your homeschool setting Integrate all that kind of stuff Mm. into Milo's curiosity and his exploration because it's not an and or situation, is it? You, Mm. it's, it dovetails. And how did you manage that?
0: Yeah. The decision to homeschool was difficult at the time because he was, uh, at school, the school I was working at. But it just became apparent that there was a misalignment in values and I really, truly wanted to keep learning alongside him and in a way it became an easy decision um and it's just the time together is so much more potent we can choose how we spend our days it's just like learning through life experiences and like you said learning is integrated and we he's the curriculum we don't subscribe to a curriculum or get out the curriculum and tick the boxes. We observe and help create the space based on what he's interested in or step back. And again, like I said before about stepping back, observing, and then adjusting accordingly. So right now he is right into aviation. He has been for probably about a year since we got back from Japan, airplanes, airports, and that has just been evolving throughout the year and built upon and you can really I guess you can nitpick all the curriculum areas into that out of that because that is a very broad topic so I mean like there's the math involved in the altitudes and the airspeed uh, wind directions he loves watching um Air crash investigations that tv show a documentary and he he watches it and he studies it and he brings that into his play when he like he spends a lot of his day playing with airplanes like I'm sitting at the kitchen desk now table which is which was an airport which I had to ask if I could borrow for <laughs> putting my computer on but yeah I've got like airplanes all around me um Anyway, so yes, airports and building so upon cool. that. So yeah, I mean, and the physics through the the lift, stall, spin, ailerons, uh, all this jargon with the air, language of airplanes, and you know, you're covering meteorology with um, wind speeds and directions, weather conditions. He's right into checking my phone every day for the weather. What's the temperature today? The maximum, the minimum today's going to be really hot, so I need to put sunscreen on, I need a hat. So all those rich conversations around daily life. Um, Yes, reading and writing and math is the big one, right? He loves math. Naturally, that has come through um, his love of AFL and football, um, which has been a bit quiet lately because it's off-season, but he's getting right into that. So he would play football every day, being both teams and You know, adding up the score for both teams, working out the difference. His base level is pretty much six, counting in sixes. So there's your times table. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And reading comes up naturally through the everyday. Like, if he wants, like, not only the vocabulary through what he's hearing around him and bringing that into his play, but, you know, we write the shopping list together. Um, if he wants to find something to watch, we sound it out in the little box on the YouTube search. So that naturally occurring reading and writing, we read obviously every night and point and sound out words. But it's not for it's not imposed upon him. It is is naturally occurring, and I think that is best for him to learn in the real world. That's more natural which makes sense it really just makes sense the the longer I'm out of the the system the more this approach just seems like it should be for everyone
1: you know it's it always I always think back to my own childhood you know I was raised um, born and raised and schooled in South Africa I don't know whether it's changed, might have changed by now, but certainly I went to school. My first year of formal schooling was when I was six and I turned seven in that August. So this whole rush of getting kids to school when they're three, four and five, Mm. I just don't get it. you know. And I mean, I don't think that disadvantaged me. I don't think that I'm behind anybody else who perhaps went to school when they were three. You know, you wouldn't think, know now, would you? <laughs> exactly. Like, what does it matter, you know? Uh, what does it matter now that I'm this age, whether I went to school at three or seven? And I certainly, I think, because I was that bit older, because um, that's just how it worked. You know, you went to school the year you turned seven or the year you... The- you went to school and you were six, whatever it happened. I think because my birthday was after July, that's why I turned seven. This whole rush about getting kids to school and they have to start reading and learning and all the rest of it. Um, I don't see the point, actually. I think if you're older, the better, the older you are, I think the more ready you are, the better it is. There's no need for the rush. And that's just my personal opinion. And oh, I'm, I agree. And my when own you... children started school. I remember we were, um, expats internationally and the one school I visited and my child was wasn't even four yet and I said well what do you expect them to do and it was oh they have to read write do the name and I just turned around and I said thanks very much and when they offered him a position Mm -hmm. the best thing was when I said no thank you we won't be taking that it felt so good you know Uh, anyway, mm. we digress from loose parts, Ash.
0: Oh, it's just everything's a loose part, right? Exactly. It's so not not really. Absolutely.
1: Ash, just uh. to close off, let's tell everybody a little bit about your business, Playmore, and for those who are lucky enough to live in Geraldton, how they can get hold of you? How can they join in with your play sessions? Just tell everybody how they can find you and connect with you and come and play with you.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, well playmore is evolving. It started sort of last year where I still I'd finished at school, but I still wanted to work with families and children especially and promote learning through play. So it I started doing some um messy play sessions uh in town that were sort of open for everybody to come to and that was quite well received because a lot of people don't like to get messy or clean up and I don't mind either of those things so um but yeah the kids really loved it as well and the parents i think see the value in in that so i sort of just built upon that um also gathering loose parts and doing a few play sessions here and there but i think It's growing and evolving in that we, it's not just me running the business. um, My husband, Ruben, is helping as well. We're working together and it's, we want to create a community, I guess, of like minded people who believe in learning through play. And right now, at the moment, that I guess is play sessions, but we are hoping to create something bigger than that. And yeah, so I guess stay tuned because right now, we don't know what it looks like, but it's in the process of becoming something bigger, I think. Um, but, yeah, for now I guess you can um, follow Playmore on Facebook, which is just Playmore, the word, uh, colourful box as the picture, um, and um, Instagram, we're on Instagram as at playmore.au. Um, <laughs> we've got a website, but that is still being developed Um So there isn't a whole lot on it right now, but that is just playmore.au. You can contact me through those
1: avenues. Well, Ash, we will put all your contact details in the show notes for anyone who's interested. So I think for today, Ash, thanks for sharing the amazing benefits of play and loose parts with us. And I really hope that everything goes well for you and your business. And I look forward to connecting with you again and seeing your Mm -hmm. growth as i watch you on social media and i just like to thank everybody for listening today as i said ash's details will be in the show notes so make sure you check that out and if you like the show please consider sharing it with others following and leaving a review and that way more people find us because that's just the way the algorithm works so thanks so much and as always i like to end off by just saying just stay blooming curious